Hey there, it's Pastor Evan here. Welcome to Unpacked. This is a new series, Unpacking Life as a Messy Human. We're exploring the soul and the strength that comes from the journey of trying to live life authentically. We hope you find it helpful and that you can see yourself in the conversations, the stories, and the interviews. Have a listen and subscribe. This week on Unpacked, we're diving into the topic of fear. I share a bit about what I've been reading on fear and talk about how fear works in us, what it could be telling us and the practices of reflecting on our fear to understand better the truth that it can reveal in us. I also want to talk a little bit about how we can begin to face our fears with God's help and with others. Also, stay tuned for next week. I'm super excited to have local psychologist Maureen Spidell joining me, and we're going to talk about addiction. I thought today we would unpack a little bit uh, more around uh, some of our emotions, and particularly today, I want to talk about the emotion of fear. Fear is like a really interesting thing. It can cause us, uh, drive us forward, push us forward into life, into great things, into new things, but, but it can also paralyze us and, and, and it, can, it can cause us to withdraw and, and, and to step away. And we can't always control how that plays out or what that looks like, at least not in the moment all the time. First of all, I want to say that the fear is like a, a primal emotion. It, it, it's something every animal experiences. As humans, our our bodies kind of kick into this kind of animalistic overdrive when we're afraid. In short, we we stop being rational thinkers capable of strategic future-focused decisions. (laughs) Our body, when it is threatened, shifts into the state of emergency, causing us to do what psychologists call fight, flight, freeze, and some would say flock. Okay, so this is my story I tell when I think about fear. Um, Several years ago, uh, I was visiting uh, with Kristen, uh, her aunt down in California, and I had never been to this house. And we were at kind of a family function gathering, and it was evening, I'm out in the backyard and visiting with her uncle and and a few other people. I can't remember who exactly was there. And, And at one point, I feel this thing touch me on my shoulder. And so I glance over to see what it is that's touching me. And it is a snake. And it is not just a little snake. It's like a big kind of constrictor sized snake, a pet snake to be exact, that belonged to, um, to some of Kristen's cousins and little cousins. And, uh, and I lost my mind. I, to be honest with you, I forgot who I was for a second. You know, a good old pastor, Evan, uh, began to describe uh, the feeling of fear um, using some, some um, fairly explicit language. And, and not only did I use some explicit language, I also, um, because my, these nephews or these cousins of Kristen's saw that I was afraid and they're like, oh, take it closer, take it closer. And one of these guys is like 11. And, and, uh, and in this moment of fear, I, I look him in the eye and I just tell him, look, you come close to me and I will put you to the ground, right? Like <laughs> I literally am threatening to, to, mortally wound this 11-year-old kid if he comes closer to me. 
And I was fortunate that uh, in that moment, her uncle saw that I was afraid and tells his sons, you know, hey, boys, boys, take that thing away, take it away, you know. But by then it was too late. You know, my, my true fears have been, had been exposed and they had been exposed in a sort of a grand fashion to the entire fa King family uh, who saw um, the pastor in the bunch live into his fear, I guess, so to speak, would be the, the best way of, of describing what happened, how it happens. Now, now, in this case, we see how fear kind of took over who I was, this primal fear. Okay. Now, before I go on, uh, let me just say that not all fear is bad. Our fears in many ways also keep us safe. Fear, fear doesn't just signal a potential threat. It also acts to protect us from that threat. The real challenge can be in identifying the internal, interior fears that we have. It's pretty easy to determine that I have a fear of snakes. You know, hold up, all you have to do is really hold up a snake to me and my body will do the rest. Apparently, the evidence of my fear will be demonstrated to the entire family. But what if someone strikes at exposing an area of shame or an area of weakness? What does my reaction to those fears look like? How do I recognize that? You know, what is our response to that kind of fear? And to be honest with you, I think that this is one of those areas where we need to do far more interior, internal kind of reflective work. The work that comes after the event to ask ourselves honestly and truthfully, you know, maybe even with trusted friends, families, or even a counselor, you know, what was that about? rather than pushing it aside, ignoring it, only to have it come back up again and again and again in our story. Unfortunately, in my job, I've, I've seen many unattended fears, you know, rob so many people of enjoying the richest, richest part of life. I've seen and I've even experienced it in my own life, take the good things like a desire for intimacy and responsibility and personal growth and, and learning. Fear is a helpful informant, but it is a terrible master. Let me say that again. Fear is a helpful informant, but it is a terrible master. How do I identify the places of fear in my everyday life? the places that are driving me into a fight, flight, uh, or freeze kind of a response. I have to keep in mind that this could be a desire to argue with people, right? Like this might be one of the signals, desire to argue with people or, or above average, you know, temperament for critical thinking or, or, or controlling behavior. This one sounds crazy, but, it, but even the tendency to withdraw from the world and others, even sleeping excessively can be a response to our fears. So with the help of others, uh, we have to talk through these experiences. You have to ask questions about the roots of those, of those interactions and those times in our day when we may be responded out of a sense of fear. And we have to give it a name. Remember, we were taught in so many ways that fear was bad. I remember being in the, in the 
playground as a kid and being called a scaredy cat or a crybaby, right? And, and, and our culture has communicated that, that to be afraid is, is this terribly negative thing, especially for men, this is the case. But what if your fear is information? In fact, what if your fear is the very thing that not only keeps you safe, but also shows you what really matters to you? Theodore Roosevelt, he said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important. In other words, the most important aspect of handling fear with wisdom is looking into our fear, investigating it further for the truth that it reveals to us. This is a helpful metaphor. It was for me uh, when I was reading uh, this week that, that sometimes we need to see fear like a dragon. It is, it's fierce and alarming, but, but sometimes dragons mean to, to protect a treasure or, or, or keep a captive, something captive nearby. And it's our job kind of in a way to figure out, well, which dragons need to be slain and which dragons do we need to have a respectful distance to. And what that means is that we need to pay close attention to what is producing fear in our life. We must admit that, what we are, that when we're experiencing fear, and do what we can to identify what it is that we're afraid of. In many ways, if you're, if you're too proud to admit that you're afraid, you will never really be truly free from your fear. So, so we need to step back and we need to look at the dragon. We need to go to look at this dragon. It's scary. And we got to go, are we, should we be afraid of the dragon because it's going to kill us? Or do we need to befriend in Henry Nouwen's word, befriend the dragon so that we can discover the treasures or the things that it is holding captive. I don't know, maybe that's not a helpful metaphor for you, for you but, but it was for me. It really was for me. And, and so, so taking the time to investigate our fear. And so here, here's just a couple of things. The first is, I think that we need to, to pay attention to our everyday life. Now, we may not be able to do that in the moment, but maybe even when we lay down in bed and we go, were there any moments where, where fear, my fear presented itself? And, and, and what did that look like? Did it cause me to, to fight or be aggressive, right? Or, or critical? Did it cause me to run away, retreat or hide? Did it cause me to want to be invisible or disconnect from reality? That's the first thing, observe our fear. The second, and, and this maybe takes place in your bed at night, is to seek place of safety. Right? What are the places that we can go to feel safe so that we can look at the things that have made us fearful or afraid? Maybe that's um, in, in the arms of somebody. Maybe it's in receiving a giant hug. Maybe it's in going for a great walk in a favorite part, part of the park. For, for me, it's out of my shop. I, I just love to go out to my shop. Um, I find that to be a very safe sanctuary, a safe place for me to unpack my fears. 
And then, the, then once we're in that safe place, we explore the sphere, right? What sparked it? What, what did our body do in the face of that danger? Right? If it wasn't a physical danger, we have to consider, you know, what was it that it was revealing in us? Were we worried about, you know, a valuable relationship? Were we worried about our reputation? Were we fearful of our security or identity? Sometimes we feel like fear in situations could, could result in shame. And, and, and once we've been able to do that, I think that it is important for us to ask God, for help to seeing that clearly. And sometimes God brings to us friends, brings to us family, um, brings to us a great counselor to unpack some of the larger fear, fear-rooted stories in our life. I think we can ask for wisdom. One of the beautiful things that I believe to be true about God is that when we ask for wisdom, he most certainly and always gives it. James 1.5 actually says, if anyone who lacks in wisdom, anyone who lacks in wisdom should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you this wisdom that you need. And then lastly, I think it's important that we develop a plan. Setting out a plan helps us the next time we experience maybe some of those similar types of fear root up in our daily life. Those moments when we want to protect our reputation because we think we're the only ones who can. And having a good plan for how or maybe even what words exactly we might use. Trusting that, that others do love us and that, that we actually can with courage face our fear without having it control us completely. It's in doing that that I think that we can develop some long-term habits, some habits where we, where we become a little bit more in tune with our emotion of fear and we allow it to inform us rather, to control, rather than to control us. That may not ever work for me in snakes, but I think that it can work for me when I think about my reputation, my fear of being exposed for what I'm really like to probably a whole lot shallower than I would like people to think. I think there are many other things that I'm afraid of. And so I'm going to do my best to investigate it. I'm going to do my best to find a safe place where I can unpack it with people and with God's help. I believe I can live a less fearful life and so can you. And so may God give you the courage you need, the courage to assess your fear and the wisdom to know how to make your way through it and develop a plan so that it doesn't need to control you. God bless. And uh, may you have, uh, maybe you have a good day, not a fearless day, but a good day. <laughs>